The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic does spirituality improve sex? We think so. For me personally, sex and spirituality have been two of my very favorite subjects, so I'd love to hear <laughs> about how these two can work together. Today, let's hear from Todd and Christine Benton, who have been in sex and spirituality programs for many years. Learn about their challenges as well as their victories over old patterns of alienation and disconnection. Host Beth Green will also share She has been teaching programs about sex and spirituality for over 30 years. And enjoy the unique perspectives of our guest hosts, the Guru and Madame Mazurka. So now stay tuned, email your questions or call in live. And here's your host, Beth Green from the Inside Out. Hi, everybody. It's great to be with you today. I feel so happy. I don't know why I feel so happy, but I do. I feel really happy, and I'm so excited to have our wonderful guests on with us. And you never know when Madame Circle or the Guru is going to show up. So, this, as usual, our show is going to be full of surprises, especially for me. But as we usually do, I'd like to start out with um, just a few comments from last time. Uh, we had an email from Mary Stein in Kansas City. And she was commenting on this great interview that we did with uh, Bishop Spong uh, last time. He's an Episcopal bishop about, uh, you know, why is Christianity still relevant and why does it need to change or die? And she said, I was thrilled to hear Bishop Spong. And she also went on to talk about um, one thing I think is very important from Bishop Spong's interview is his deep understanding of the real meaning of the Gospels in the time they were written. And it was so fun to have a biblical scholar who could come in and talk about uh, so many of the things that we read in the Bible to give them some historical context that would give them actually a whole new interpretation. And he also talked about many other things about Christianity and his own maverick views, which have now become much more mainstream in the Christian church. So that was divine. If you didn't get to listen to it last week, you can still check it out. And then we got a message from Helen in San Diego, and she said, thanks for the Jack Spong show. He said we should call him Jack. So uh, it was fascinating and mind-opening. It was interesting to see how much your beliefs are similar. And I am relieved that the world is finally changing its views on religion. It gives me hope. And I must concur with Helen. It was really fun to talk to someone who came from a completely different spiritual background, who had so many similar feelings about religion, God, and so on. So don't forget to check it out if you can. So today we're going to be talking about sex and spirituality, and I want to say a few things about that first. Mm, Let's see, where do we start, huh? Well, why don't we start with sex? (laughs) I mean, for so many of us, let's face it, we were just like out there 
We had no idea what to do with our sexuality. So many of us had sexual feeling as children, and we had no idea what to do about it. Uh, in most of our families, it, it wasn't even recognized that kids had sexual energy, and nobody gave us any, any advice, except I would say, you know, for a boy, uh, keep your pants zipped, and for a girl, don't let anybody touch you, if you even got that much. Now, I didn't even get that much because I'm in my late 60s. My mother did not want to talk about sex at all. In fact, the night before I got married the first time, and I have to admit, of course, that I was already having sex, uh, she had been telling me about this book that she had, and she, I went to her and I said, okay, Mom, so where's the book about sex? Right? This is the night before the wedding. She said, well, I can't give it to you now. You're not married yet. Well, to tell you the truth, I never did get that book. I wasn't really that upset about it, but... Anyway, we're kind of on our own, and so many of us, oh my God, not only do we have, uh, many of us have sexual feelings as children, and we start to explore with one another, with cousins, with brothers, with sisters, with other kids, but if we don't do that, we start having sexual feelings you know, around puberty, and what are we supposed to do with it? I didn't get any guidance. I'm sure you didn't either. And then so many of us, well, I shouldn't say that. Some of you might have gotten guidance. Maybe it wasn't good. And then so many of us also were brought up in religious beliefs and traditions where sex was considered kind of taboo or only for procreation or dirty or something somehow associated with a dirty body. So that didn't really help us. And many of us were desperately looking for connection as young people. You know, we felt alone or we felt, you know, we had pain as coming into life, didn't know who we were, and we looked to one another for comfort. And then part of that comfort was touching one another, and a lot of sexual feelings came up, and people got into sexual relationships way too early. I was talking to a client uh, just a couple of months ago, and she grew up in a very devout Catholic family from an Irish background, and she was having sex with her boyfriend really young, you know, and I'm shocked, of course, because we didn't do that. I mean, <laughs> so, and so then there's the taboo subject of masturbation. And let me say, there's also the taboo subject of sexual feelings between parents and their children. And I've got to tell you that having some sexual feelings towards children is pretty normal. I mean, I'm going to tell you a line that, that I got from God. Oh, maybe back in 1983, which was sexuality binds on the physical plane what is already bound on the spiritual plane. That's when I began to realize that there was an intimate connection between sexuality and spirituality and that feeling a connection to something. I mean, I feel connected to trees. You know, I just want to hug them. They're a little bit hard. I have to say, you know, sometimes... The bark is a little harder, but I just feel like embracing that tree because I feel so deeply connected to it. And so there are at times sexual feelings between children and their parents. They're normal, but people don't know what to do with those feelings, right? If we don't get any training in what to do with our sexual feelings, we're just going to go off and do whatever distorted thing comes to us out of a distorted background and distorted belief systems, or better yet, what we learn from our friends, and we know how reliable our peers are. They know so much about sex, too. 
So it's kind of a sad thing. People get into terrible trouble. Uh, people feel desperate. And then we bring so much of that into our relationships. And uh, so many of us then become uh, overtaken by our sexuality as we have more and more sexual feelings and as they get repressed and as we don't know what to do with them and we can't integrate them into the rest of us, they just like hang out there. You know, I guess I would say that anything we try to repress is going to come up and bite us in the, uh, whatever words I'm allowed to say on the air, the rear end. And um, it's why you see so much uh, sexual... um, I would say distorted sexuality among people who are very religious, uh, among people who are in public places, who think that they're, you know, who know that they're being scrutinized by people who feel like they have to control their sexuality or control other people's sexuality. Our sexuality and our spirituality, they are not connected, not by our training, not by us, uh, not by our religious training, and often not by our sex training. If you go to school, they may teach you something about contraception, how to avoid AIDS, but very few people are going to be teaching you how to integrate your sexuality into your whole being. And of course, that's where spirituality comes in. Spirituality is really about the totality of us. It's about us as whole beings. And it means that we come to integrate our sexuality into our wholeness. So that means we don't let it run us, nor do we repress it. It's kind of a sad moment when we don't know what to do with our sexuality. We feel emotionally desperate and cut off, and we sell ourselves cheap for a few drinks or for a little bit of attention Sometimes we can get pregnant over that if we're women, or we get in trouble because the girl gets pregnant, and our our lives can be ruined. But when we are whole, we can actually look at our sexuality as part of relationships, as part of ourselves. We can feel love for it, and we can be actually more in command of it than if we just try to keep it isolated and repressed. So these are a few thoughts to introduce our show Today And I want to share that um, I've had some amazing results with people who have had very disconnected sexuality and spirituality and who have come to integrate them. And we actually do practices in our organization in the stream where we uh, connect our spiritual energy as a part of a kind of a ritual to move into our sexuality and that we feel the divine blessing of our sexuality, we feel connected to the source, we feel connected to ourselves, and we feel connected to one another. So I would like to introduce you today to two lovely people, Todd Benton, who you heard before speaking about gender roles, if you were lucky enough to catch that show, and his wife, Christine. And they are here to share very openly and honestly with you about their experiences, what they grew up with, the kind of pains that they had, 
the struggles they've had and the uh, the successes they had. So as well as the challenges that continue. So we're very happy to have them. And before uh, we, uh, I invite them on, I want to ask Madame Mazurka. I have a feeling she's around. Well, of course I'm around, darling. You're talking about sex. Where else would I be? Well, Madame Mazurka, how do you feel about what I've said so far? I love it, darling. I could speak for hours. Well, Madame Mazurka, we can't allow that quite yet, but we're so glad that you're here. And Certainly, if the guru wants to show up, he's invited to. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Todd and Christine. Hello. Thank you. Hi, Hi Christine. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. So well, I first, really... Yeah, go ahead. And I'm just saying I really related with your opening. I mean, if you have a question for me specifically... Go ahead. No, that's I, a great way to start. Is how did you really, well, I want to actually, I did have a question first, which mm-hmm. is how do you feel about being on the show and being asked to be so open about your sex life <laughs> and your spiritual life? I feel, um, I feel a little bit nervous and kind of happy. I originally <laughs> was going to be on the show for the, uh, the conversation about gender roles, and I felt almost a little bit relieved when I got out of that one. <laughs> and so I guess I get to make my debut on sex and spirituality instead. Um, but, but I am happy to be here, and I hope that it is helpful for people because we definitely have gone through quite a journey, mm-hmm. and I would like to share that. Todd, how does it make you feel to hear that your wife wants to share this journey? Um. I like it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous too, <laughs> but um, I was having a lot of thoughts as uh, you were sharing just about my own background. It was making me think about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here too. I'm excited and I'm excited to share our experience because we've gone through so much and I feel like we really are in a great place in, in connecting to each other, which to me is what sexuality, spirituality, sexuality together are about is that that real feeling of connection and honesty and, you know, um, heartfelt connection. That's great. Well, would each of you like to share a little bit about your history, uh, what you came into uh, your relationship with, what you came into your sex and spirituality program with? What is uh, the, the background that uh, you started thinking about while I was doing the introduction? Todd, do you want to start and then we'll move to Christine? Sure. Sure. What what I was thinking about was, you know, uh, in my family was things that I remember seeing and also the way my dad was. He was married six times. Uh, and so he and I believe he had affairs through all of his marriages. Um, so that was kind of the background. And, and I I didn't like that. Um, but I think on the other hand, on the one hand, I think he was desperately seeking validation. Um, and I think that is what I brought to sexuality. And I probably learned, learned that from him that somehow it would make me feel good about myself if I could, quote, score a woman, you know, mm. in, in those terms back when I was growing up as a teenager in my early, you know, 20s. Just it was about, uh, you know, validating myself. But I also remember certain things in the household, like my my mom and dad, I think they had their like weekly, you know, uh, events where they would close their bedroom (laughs) door. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. We knew what was going on, you know, and it was kind of weird because it was, we didn't, I didn't feel that they had much of a connection outside of that, you know, so it was, Mm. it was this weird 
disconnection. Like I didn't feel they really loved each other throughout our, their whole relationship. I just mm-hmm. never really got that. Mm-hmm. So to have this, it felt disconnected. I mean, looking back at it now and seeing where I am now and just that's what I grew up with was that, that I grew up and saw that disconnection. I mean, I could feel it, you know. I love that, so. Todd, that uh, that you were talking about that model because I think that's true for so many of us that it was sex was just something that people did and that it wasn't integrated into their relationship. Uh, Christine, would you like to share a little bit about your history? Um, we're going to be going to commercial break in a couple of minutes, but I would love you to set the stage, both of you, before we do. Sure, I'll be quick. Um, I, when you were talking about your mom, I really related to that because I didn't really get much of a sex conversation. There was just kind of a, a, a general attitude of don't be a slut. um but nothing specific you know before after marriage anything like that um and there was just the education you get in school which teaches you about when you know getting your period but I didn't even know really no one even taught me like how to use a tampon so not a lot of education about anything reproductively um, and I think what I picked up was um, both, you know, society's views, but also I read a lot of literature. Um, and so I think I got a lot of my attitudes from literature coming from, you know, centuries ago. Um, oh. And really developed kind of, I, I remember reading Faulkner, for instance, and, you know, the whole Southern essence of, a, you know, a woman's value being connected to her virginity. Um, and her purity. So I think I picked that up right away and actually didn't lose my virginity until I was 20. And when I did, I married the guy, you know, to make oh, an honest course. woman out of myself, right? Of course. I mean, that's what you do. Um, so I think I had a lot of confusion wanting to appear as, you know, pure at the same time having, you know, normal sexual desires and, and trying to hide that. I can totally relate to what you're saying, Christine. I always felt like I had to marry every man that I slept with. And uh, when I was younger, I went through this really bad alcoholic phase, which meant that I slept with a lot of guys. Thank God uh, they were too busy trying to score, as Todd was uh, describing. So they weren't interested in marrying every woman they slept with. So that's the only thing that kept me from being married 100 times. So I love this. This is a great start. And uh, right now we are going to go into a commercial break. and But don't go away. And please send me emails, Beth at BethGreen.org. Uh, and we're also going to be announcing the phone number if you have any questions or comments. But uh, so let's go to commercial break and don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. 
Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back. So we're interviewing Christine and Todd Benton about the spirituality improve your sex life and we say it does but now we're talking first about the way uh, we were and the way we were so I would like to pick up on something that Christine was talking about is if you liked sex or were interested in sex you were a slut but if you didn't you were frigid so I don't know what your choices were. Christine is a lot younger than I am, but I, I can see that things had not changed that much <laughs> in that respect. And so what about you guys, uh, James, Todd, what about, were you supposed to be the heavy hitters or how did you feel about your sexuality and uh, did you feel like you were a nerd if you were shy or? Did you feel like you were a hunk if you were hot? Or how, how did you see yourselves? <laughs> Todd, do you want to say? Yeah, sure. I'll go first. Um, can you hear me all right? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, that's a really good question because I, I was, I don't think I was considered one of the, you know, hunk guys. I definitely, I don't think I was a nerd. I was kind of in between. Um a nunk. Yeah. nunk. A nunk yeah. or a herd. I don't know what <laughs> So, but it was definitely on my mind. I mean, uh, like, again, a part of that validation, like, there were guys that were, like, the guys on the campus, you know, in junior high school, which is when it's all happening. Like, all these mm-hmm. feelings are happening, and you're seeing these girls, and like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I... I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't, I felt like, uh, sometimes I, I had a lot of crushes that I didn't do anything about, or I was too mm-hmm. nervous to say something about, you know, like mm-hmm. it was there. And, um, and ju- for the most part throughout junior high school, I didn't, I don't think I had, uh, girls that I felt were interested in me. It didn't happen yeah. until high school. And it seemed like the ones that were interested in me, I wasn't really that interested in. Mm-hmm. That that seemed to be a pattern consistently. If I was on the chase, if I was on the make, then you know I was interested and kept wanting to pursue that. But if they were interested in me, I didn't. I wasn't as interested. Well, it was it that kind of thing about you thinking that if somebody was interested in you, they, there must be something wrong with them because you're such a loser. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't think it was that. I mean, I didn't feel like I was that much of a loser. Um, that's a good question. 
Um, Why don't you think about that for a second, sure, James? Do sure. you have something to share about this? Yeah, I'd like to share that uh, having grown up in the 50s and 60s, early 60s, uh, I felt extremely inhibited about sex. Uh, so I, sex would go through my mind all the time uh, as a teenager, especially when I was 19. I can remember being obsessed with sex, and yet I never actually had sex with a woman until I was 21 uh, because I was so inhibited about it. There was just such intense taboo around it, and I internalized that. And then in the early 70s, uh, I started getting introduced to Tantra, which is spiritual sexuality from the East, from India, uh, from the Hindu tradition. And so then it became okay, uh, spiritually, religiously, etc., etc. And so I embarked on a completely different kind of course from that point on, and trying to uh, work with uh, not only connecting intimately with a person, but also connecting with bringing the sexuality up the chakras to the crown chakra and all of that stuff to, to make it more spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> but is that is that a, a clue? Were you trying to make sexuality spiritual as opposed to that you really felt the connection between them? Yeah, uh, I was trying to make the connection between them. But you didn't actually experience the connection between them. No, but there were a few times when... Uh, uh, when I took the energy up, the sexual energy up the spine to the crown, I actually wound up having some mystical union kind of experiences. So right. there was something to it, but yeah. mostly there was a trying to connect rather than being in the connection. You know, I think that for some people, that well, absolutely, it's a great step forward to even try to connect. But what I've noticed with some people who are doing, uh, trying to make that connection. They're trying to transform sexual energy into spiritual energy, which means that they're still thinking of it as separate energy and as hierarchical. Like, oh, yes, we need, we need to turn all of this into spiritual energy. I'm not saying that's true for everybody. It's just something that I've noticed, that it's not necessarily felt as being identical. I would like to share a little bit about how I came to start a sex and spirituality program uh, now, back in the early 80s, I, I wrote a paper on sex and spirituality, the intimate connection, and that was when that line came to me about sexuality binds on the physical plane what is already bound on the spiritual plane. So that idea was there, but I didn't actually, and I had some workshops where we worked with it, but I didn't actually start a full-blown program until some years ago, and it happened to me. I was alone in my bedroom, and I was alone. I didn't have a man for many years. And uh, I suddenly felt this connection with God, and it was sexual. It, it's not like I was trying to turn sexual energy into spiritual energy. I was connecting to what I called God, a uh, higher level of consciousness, the universe. I felt it, and I felt it sexually. And that was a breakthrough moment for me. And that's one of the reasons that when I have led workshops, we've always started with dancing with God as a sexual partner to actually totally break down that separation between the two. And I'm wondering what my guests have, uh, you know, would like to say about that. Well, we've participated in your um in your workshops and 
um, I think that's one of the one of the points that you really brought out about the totality and sex and spirituality all being part of it, like you said, not hierarchical, not like mm-hmm. one is good and one is bad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just allowed me to relax more around my sexuality. You know, it takes a lot of um, unpro- unprogramming, I guess, to undo everything that I've kind of like reinforced within myself in terms of how I view myself and my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first workshop um, getting in there and we were all nervous because, you know, what would happen, like what would be found out <laughs> about us mm-hmm. and all the things we felt we were ashamed of or um, wanted to hide. And I think you had us, you know, you just you described a number of situations and had people who had had that experience raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that really put a lot of people at ease because we found how common our experience was and we didn't have anything really to hide from one another. Mm. I really appreciate your bringing that up and reminding me, Christine, because um, just what you did it was like there are so many things have you ever had sex with a sibling have you molested anyone have you been molested uh, uh, have you been in group sex uh, have you been in a circle of boys masturbating uh, did you ever be- masturbate in the uh, in the boardroom of your office <laughs> when- I, you know, uh, and I always, uh, well, I'm not, there are certain words I don't think I'm allowed to use. But anyway, have you ever had sex with a chicken is one of the questions. But, <laughs> but what we found is when people started getting honest, it was astonishing what kinds of things people had been through or had done that they thought they were the only ones that they were very embarrassed about. And it became easier and easier, and then people started bringing it up, and they would say, well, what about, what about this, and what about that? And, well, I mean, we went on for like a long time, and we just started to break down that shame because we began to realize that none of us really knew what to do with our sexuality. And actually, none of us knows much uh, what to do with our spirituality either. So um, this is not an advertisement for a workshop, uh, but what I'm saying is that we can all do this. You can do this at home. Mm-hmm. What we found that <coughs> people had not even shared things with their mate, whether they had had homosexual experience or whether they had ever been molested. I had, uh, you know, two clients of ours who um, came from uh, Indian backgrounds, for instance, had both had experiences where they had been molested, and both of them had real trouble acknowledging that Mm. to anybody. I mean, these were deep, dark secrets that they carried so much pain about and they had never even, and they'd been in therapy and had never revealed those things. So um, we can see that in in so many cultures around the world, it's it's even worse than it is here of the uh, lack of uh, willingness to talk about uh, what has happened to us and what we have done. And I was, uh, you know, very happy to see people admitting that they had molested, especially younger siblings. It's not that unusual for a child to take advantage of a younger sibling, um, either because they're angry, there's jealousy, there's all kinds of things that that come up because sexuality doesn't always represent connection. So I'd like to ask uh, Todd and Christine, 
before this program, um, did you, in fact, share those kind of things, uh, confidences, with one another? We had shared some confidences. I just remember that I was, I was thinking about it when you're saying that, and I just remember talking to each other in San Francisco, which is before we knew you. Um, but I don't think we had felt as open and vulnerable to mm-hmm. each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once we did it in the context of the whole group, and it definitely opened up more conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just being in that conversation opened up more, more painful situations as well mm-hmm. um, about our sexual situation. Um, let's talk about that for a minute. What, yeah. Let's talk now about your sexual relationship uh, before you did a lot of work and healing around it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it stems, and Todd, you can chime in, but, you sure. know, we talked about our attitudes uh, towards sex. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, my sexuality was kind of a tool to attract men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once I had Todd, uh, he was married to me. But not only was he married, I could just always tell he was into me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't need to use that uh, anymore. And mm-hmm. our sex became less frequent, especially after we had children, which is when I started the sex and spirituality workshops. We'd ha- we had, I think, a, a one-and-a-half-year-old child. Um, and we hadn't probably had sex for months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I just had kind of gone into the habit of protecting myself, feeling that not having sex was a way of doing that. How is that protecting you? I don't know. I think, I think, I, uh, I, that's a good question. I don't know that it protected me, but I think in my mind somewhere, I feel that way. Like I don't have to, if I don't have to open up, I'm, I'm more protected some way. So in a sense, though, it's not opening up on an emotional level. Right. Yes. And uh, Todd, what about you? How did you experience your uh, sexual life at that time? Um, after we had kids or just all the way through? Well, all the way through, whatever you yeah. feel called um, to talk about. Well, I definitely when I met Christine, I felt um, I felt the potential for something beyond sex because I wasn't just, I wasn't, I mean, I was attracted to her, but not necessarily sexually as more spiritually. I think I was attracted to her, mm. but there was a definitely a sexual energy. I mean, I felt, um, like I wanted to have a sexual, not just a friendship, you know, like if you met someone spiritually and felt connected to them, you might just want to have a friendship. So I felt it was more than that, but it was, it was definitely more, I felt she was a person that had wisdom and I wanted that. And I wanted to be with someone like that. Um, so that's what drew me to pursue Christine. So from the very start, it was not just a sexual thing, mm-hmm. but, um, I think, um, you know, I did enjoy the, 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 uh, <laughs> the process of dating and coming together sexually. And when we finally did, I mean, I felt it, it felt good, but, mm-hmm. um, I definitely was feeling, um, at those points where she, we weren't having sex frequently, it started to make me question, does she love me? Mm-hmm. Am I sexually desirable? Did she just mm-hmm. do this? Is this all a farce? You know, so mm-hmm. that's kind of what was going through my mind before sex and spirituality. You know, I didn't, I didn't really ask her. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mm. question, you know, why don't you want to? What's really going on? 
I just got mad and was judgmental and (laughs) that sounds like us (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that's the way I responded to that instead of saying well I'm feeling this way I'm feeling you know like I don't know if you have desire I mean we might have had that conversation but it was more around you know what can we do to, to get you to change well, what can Mazurka, I do to get you to change? Madam Mazurka has something to say here. Uh, for those of you who don't know Madam Mazurka, she's, she's me, but not me. I never know what she's going to say, but she just comes out of my mouth sometimes. Uh, well, darling, I think that the problem is exactly that you put uh, your wife on a pedestal. And so when she did not want to have sex with you, you always thought it was because you are inferior. And are inferior in every way, and this, this, the spiritual ways, and the mental ways, and so many. I mean, so many ways, and so you could not question her because uh, you accepted on some level that you were not as good as she was, and uh, that's why you did that. That's true. So, <laughs> the- <laughs> I'm not going to deny that one. <laughs> I definitely uh, felt that way. And fortunately, through, through Sex and Spirituality and through other work that we've done with you, that has changed. You know, there, the whole getting rid of the hierarchy, um, uh, uh, this whole area we've been working on of, of letting go of hierarchy has really changed that in terms of our every aspect of our relationship. Yes, this is very good. And I want to say, uh, Christine, darling, I think that you felt that uh, you could allow yourself to have desire for your husband only when you were looking for him. But you see, for mm. you to have desire for your husband when you already had him is would have acknowledged that you were not above him, that you were actually needing him. Mm. And so that hurricane, I think, also... Uh, it, uh, it messed up uh, your ability to desire him. Definitely, definitely. Thank you for that, yeah. You're very welcome. Um, Let's see. Is there something that you guys are afraid to talk about? We're going into break in uh, just a few, like in uh, less than a minute. And um, I'm feeling at this moment for the first time I feel kind of blocked like, mm. Mm, there's something that you want to talk about, but you don't want to talk about it. And so hang on to your seats, guys, <laughs> because we're going to I have to something break. I could talk to, I could talk about that I thought about. Oh, very good. Very good. So when we come back from break, uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say, Todd. And we particularly want to know what it is that you don't want to talk about. So <laughs> <laughs> don't go away. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. 
Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back. Um, You know, the question, uh, the name of the show is, uh, does spirituality improve sex? And we haven't really answered that question yet, have we? Uh, Of course, we've been implying that that it does, but we haven't said so. And this really relates to what Christine came up with during the break about the thing that might make her not want to speak. And of course, she's ready to speak now. So go for it, Christine. Yeah, what I what I didn't want to speak about is that I don't feel like we are now the poster children of sex and spirituality, you know, where we're having sex every night and there's a like a golden halo of spiritual energy and, um, you know, total connection. I still feel like um, there are times where, you know, Todd is more interested than I am and I question myself, am I, am I withholding? Um, you know, am, am I doing something? Do I still need to be fixed? Um, in that way. So answering your question, you know, does it improve? Absolutely. But I think what I didn't want to acknowledge is that we still have our challenges right now. Well, I love that you said that because it's all about process. You know, the, the healing, the process is the healing, the healing is the process that, that you have improved so dramatically and that there's been such a uh, a developing closeness between you on a s- emotional level as well as sexually <coughs> is something that's worthy of being acknowledged. And is it that you're still withholding or are you just judging yourself for nothing? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, because you have a tendency to do that. Right. So, uh, we're looking for things to look perfect rather than for them to be authentic. Sometimes mm-hmm. the authentic thing is a little bit on the messy side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think the first thing that we need to say about this is that I'm really glad that you shared this. We're not the kind of people who go around saying, oh, everything is perfect. And mm-hmm. um, th- then what do other people have to say about themselves? Or do, they have, do they have to pretend to be perfect too? Mm-hmm. So I, I love the, the engagement that you have and... Um, there's been a dramatic shift in the way you relate to it. Why don't you talk about that very briefly, and then I'm going to get back to this very question, because the guru wants to speak, too. Hmm. But what do you see as the change that has come from you dealing with uh, not only using the processes that we've introduced to integrate sex and spirituality, but just the openness and the, the deepening of your relationship? Well, there's definitely more openness and, and like you said, a deepening of the relationship. I think we're more, we're, I don't think, we are way more relaxed than we used to be. Mm-hmm. And we feel much closer, like we care about each other. 
mm-hmm. versus just getting our own needs met. And we're way more playful. And I think that's one of the things I enjoy uh, the most. I mean, the other night we were together and we thought it might lead to sex, but it, it instead led to a wrestling match. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. I'm so glad that you said that about mm-hmm. being way more relaxed because one of the things that I've noticed in not only in this program, but in also working with couples, that so much of our sexuality is so ego-based. We're mm-hmm. so worried about how we're going to look. Mm-hmm. So I have to have this extraordinary orgasm to make my partner feel extraordinary mm-hmm. or to make me look extraordinary and to make me look desirable. And there's so much tension. So when uh, you know, you're lying there and you're thinking about you know bananas, Uh, And you're theoretically having an intimate moment with your uh, mate. Uh, Something is wrong. And most people hide that. We stop if that happens. Exactly. Because you can feel it. So if we're not both there, we'll stop and say, oh, I wonder what's going on. And And then we, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. And we talk about it. And that feels even more close. Like we really care that we want it to be a really good and intimate experience for both of us. That's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. We don't always have to be performing, do we? No. And, and to be able to be in the process about it is such a valuable part of developing the intimacy. I see that um, we have a call, Helen from California, so let's bring her in uh, before we go on. Uh, with the guru who has something that he wants to talk to Christine about. Hello? Hi, Helen. Hi. My question is, how do Todd and Christine deal with what they mentioned earlier? And many couples have this, that one partner wants to be sexual more often than the other. And I'll take my answer offline. How do you you. find harmony and connectedness and, you know, how do you work that out? Great question. Great. I would like to answer that. Uh, So from my perspective, because I am the one who seems to want to have sex more often, um, a couple things. One is I've been... I've been really evaluating what is driving me to want to have sex. Mm -hmm. So is it validation? Is it really a desire to connect with Christine? Is it wanting to relieve anxiety? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that's helped a lot. Just become becoming more self-aware about myself and what my motivations are has made me relax around it more. And also, um, so that that's one thing that I that I've been able to do, and I know other people can do because that that helps. You know, when you don't have it, you kind of can go, okay, well, what's really driving this? Do I really need to have it, or am I just, you know, driven? Um, Another thing is um, I'm becoming more, uh, you know, vocal about when I am feeling it and just letting Christine know. Mm. And she's generally, if I'm coming from that place rather than being manipulative and trying to get her to want to, (laughs) if I'm honest about it, then that seems to make her more willing and more open. Um, The other thing I've noticed is, um, she's become more happy just in general. And that makes me feel less that I need to like, she'll come over to my office and we both work from home and just kind of dancing around in my office and all happy. 
And I love that. I love seeing her happy. And um, so I feel like there's more connection throughout the course of our life. So I don't feel like we, that I have to have it so much in, in sex. And I think that may be an issue for a lot of people. It's like they have the connection when they have sex and they don't have it so much other times could be a possibility. So those are, those are some of the ways that I don't, I hope that answered Helen's that, question. That is a great answer, Todd. And it's great to hear it from a man. Oops, we have another caller, Erica from San Diego. Yes, am I on? Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a question going back to a subject you brought up in the beginning of the program. And when you notice that uh, an energy is out of balance, like sexual energy towards children in your home, what can you do to restore that balance? Well, uh, I, I th- are you talking about like having a husband who... Uh, like if your husband, if you feel like your husband is too attracted to your daughter or... Well, have you... The, well, the first thing, of course, is you have to tell him. You just tell him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's I always the beginning. Is you say, And you try to do it without judgment. You say, honey, I've noticed that you seem to be really attracted to our daughter. You know, why is that? And, uh, you know, there could be something going on in your relationship uh, where there is the man doesn't feel masculine. So he's and it could be something going on in himself where he doesn't feel masculine. So he's trying to get the sense of masculinity out of uh, from some other source. So that could be happening. He could have a long-term problem of not feeling potent, uh, or there could just be, you know, really a block between you and that sexual energy is just showing up wherever, you know, everywhere else other than you. So there's so much. I mean, that question is an excellent question. We could have a whole show on that on that question. That just gives you a couple of ideas. But the first thing you have to do is bring it up and go into the exploration. See. Part of the problem is so much about sexuality is taboo that you don't feel like you can talk about it or a woman can feel like, oh, my God, if I acknowledge the fact that my husband is uh, having sexual feelings towards my daughter, I have to leave him because that must mean he's a child molester. You know, and even in situations where there is molest in the family, that doesn't always necessarily lead to the breakup of the family because it could also lead to treatment and healing. And this is such an unhealed part of us, and that is the problem, isn't it? That it's, again, it's kept in the shadows, and it's kept away from spirituality. I want to go back to the whole issue of sex and spirituality and why spirituality uh, allows us to, A, become more whole and more self-accepting and more connected to the source. And all of those things allow us to look at ourselves. Some spiritual systems make us feel like we have to look something better than human or we have to be different from who we are and we're hiding our sexuality again. And that is not what spirituality is for. Spirituality is to help us to shift our relationship to one another to be more caring. As Todd was talking about how he is experiencing himself more caring towards his wife and that that means that he can get that nurturing and that feeling of connection in a way other than sex which is divine, and simultaneously 
you know, being connected to the source and feeling whole as ourselves, that we feel that every aspect of us is sacred. We always start with a sense of sacredness about our sexuality. That's very much a part of our practice. So um, we are actually, believe it or not, coming so close to having to close our program. And the guru had something to say. <laughs> so I don't know what he is going to say, because as I say, I open my mouth and the guru will show up. Well, um, I want to tell you that uh, the uh, sexual energy does not look all that different from the spiritual energy when you're looking at it from a different perspective and from a higher uh, consciousness because it's all energy. And uh, the people do not understand that energy is the energy that is going through different, um, I, I can use the word that people understand is uh, of chakras. So you have uh, uh, the energy, the divine energy coming through the um, crown chakra looks like uh, uh, spirituality or through the their eyes it looks like uh, knowing and uh, through the root it uh, looks like uh, sexuality. But this is what it is. It's, it's all energy and people do need to learn to have discipline around all the energy, whether it's spiritual energy or mental energy or sexual energy and so it is very good that you talk about these things and that you are developing some disciplines and some ways of training yourself because you cannot expect yourself to know automatically uh, how to be connected to the universe in a spiritual way and you cannot know automatically how to be connected uh, sexually it is uh, it's astonishing that people leave such important topics to uh, people who don't know what they're doing, like their <laughs> friends or their f- family, or in many times with the spirituality, uh, leaving it to people who also are, 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 um, don't know what they're doing and that are in it either. So this is what I would like to say to you. And so it is good for you to continue to ask these questions and to embrace the real connection to begin to see the energy to become tuned in to seeing the energy more and uh, to continue to allow yourselves to learn and to feel there is nothing wrong that you still have much to learn. Well, thank you, Guru. I love that. I think that's a great way uh, to really conclude this conversation. Um, before we close our program, uh, James, would you like to come and tell us about what's coming up next week? And uh, then we'll come back to me and I'll close. Very good. Our next edition of Inside Out is going to be Guardian Angel or Dirty Devil? Is Jim Salters helping clean up an industry that impacts every day of your life? Few of us think about the financial stress of the small businesses that service, but their survival has impact. When the local store, the producer of specialty parts, a favorite restaurant, family doctor, or a trusted mechanic go under, that changes our lives. Small businesses sometimes need cash to start up, expand, or just hang on. But repaying a high-interest loan can kill the patient or mean higher prices for you. I think back on my, uh, my own uh, childhood when my own parents had to go to loan sharks to make mm-hmm. ends meet. And this caused a great deal of distress to our family for trying to repay these loans. So I'd love to hear from Jim Salters, a guy who considers himself an enlightened entrepreneur. He claims his company provides ethical loans to small businesses and that his approach is changing the industry. How? Listen in and find out. 
how Jim is changing a part of the world that impacts you. So tune in, email questions, or call in live. And now, back to Beth. Thank you. And yes, do tune in. Because here, business, that's another area that is usually disconnected from spirituality, but shouldn't be. Because I'm sure that if the Guru was here, he was going to tell us that money is also energy. In fact, it's what we call green energy. So... Do tune in. There's nothing that spirituality is not right in the center of. And that it's not that it's above it, but that it's actually central to all of it. So thank you again for joining us. It was a wonderful discussion. I love to hear from you. And uh, tune in next time and hear us talk about business and spirituality. And thank you, Todd and Christine, for your wonderful, spontaneous sharings. You're welcome. It was great being on the show. It was. Great. Great. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.